This is a Radio 1 91FM podcast. It's the Otago Museum Breakfast Show. It's 8.30 in the a.m. on a Friday morning, the 25th of September 2020. And it's time to meet the OUSA presidential candidates. I'm joined by Michaela Waite-Harvey and Sammy Bergen. Atamadie. Good morning. Morena. How are we? Feeling, you know, as good as you can be after law ball. Law ball, that's right. And everybody loves a Friday morning. (laughs) (laughs) I do. It's great because I know tomorrow I get to sleep until at least six o'clock. Oh, good for you. Body clocks are horrible things. Yeah. They're horrible. Uh, All right, let's um, let's get into this. Um, First off, who are you and why are you running? I want name and majors too. So we'll start with you, Michaela. Uh, my name's Michaela. I'm a fourth year law, classics and politics student. My pronouns are she, her. I'm your OUSA Welfare and Equity representative this year um, and wanting to run to be your OUSA president for mm-hmm. next year um, to carry on the work that I've been doing this year um, to work on some of the goals that I've brought in the second semester that I'm not going to be able to see through this mm-hmm. year and um, to steady the boat and bring solid leadership to OUSA to get us through recessions and COVID and, and wild times for students. Good times. Indeed. All right. Um, and I'm Sammy. I am just completing my Master's in Economic Geography. So I fin- submit that next month, so yay. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, and I'm running for president. I've been here for about six years now, and one thing I've always wanted to do at the end of that was make sure that I didn't leave any stones unturned in Dunedin, and part of that is giving back to the community. It's been really good to me. Um, I've been involved in various little things around the uni in the last six years, and I'd be keen to sort of work on those, build on those, and bring a strong leadership to OUSA as well. Um, It's been a crazy year uh, for many reasons, for many reasons. Um, So, I mean, you'd be forgiven to giving, um, on different things, a little bit of leeway uh, not on everything, of course, but what is OUSA getting wrong in 2020, Sammy? Ooh, I think one thing with this year was that it's really hard to communicate with a base where you don't have traditional means. I mean, during COVID, we were all on lockdown and Zoom. Mm-hmm. I think even though traditionally we always have social media, we have word of mouth on campus, lectures, posters, whatever, a lot of that stuff couldn't quite happen this year. Yeah. So... It, not by their own means, but I think there was just a bit of a disconnect, perhaps, between the exec and what happened. But they still fought for the right things, I think. The academic um, change was a really good one. It's just unfortunate that with COVID, there was probably more of a distance than they ever wanted to be between the student base and the exec. What does that say for distance learning students, though? I think it shows that we actually need to work on the systems because they never really established any sort of distance learning, any sort of... Mm. I mean, Massey University, for example, when I was up there, they already have a massive extramural base. So I suppose when they transitioned over, it wasn't as difficult. But I think down here, they learnt, they've seen now what can be done. And I think if those are, they improve on those systems, then it will help distance learning and also situations like this in the future. Um, Michaela, what did you get wrong? Or what did OUSA get wrong? Sorry. <laughs> Me? Um, I mean, I would agree that the times were really difficult for us to be able to fully understand students. Mm-hmm. But I would push back against us being disconnected. We 
actually did some things that no OUSA executives have done before in response to trying to reach out to students, putting out extra surveys to be able to actually understand how COVID was impacting students. Yeah. That had a big impact on how we actually got gains for them. We could show the university, this is a survey we did, this is, you know, the thousands of students that responded, and this is what they said they wanted. So we were able to communicate actually to the university what students actually wanted at that time. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's something that we did really well, but I think we could always do it better um probably our social media wasn't as quick as it could be i think we fell behind on some things and you know um i think working with sva this year was something that proved a real difficulty that i would have liked to do better but that was also just in response to covid pushing us into an area we'd never been involved in before SVA had been involved in, you know, earthquakes and mm -hmm. tsunamis and mm -hmm. floods. They'd never been involved in a pandemic where it's really difficult to mobilise people because there's restrictions on how yeah, you mobilise yeah, people. Yeah. You can't walk um, the door. So those are the difficulties I saw this year and that's one of the things that I want to work on next year to make yeah. better so that we actually plan for when this happens again because it's a virus, there'll be another virus. You know, there yes. were viruses before, there's viruses now, there'll yeah. be viruses after. It's how we can adapt to actually look at that emergency situation alongside other things that might happen in Dunedin. I wonder what the... I never, never thought about that. I wonder what they, the uni, university and students' union did in 1918. <laughs> <laughs> Donna, should have looked at that. That was our problem. We <laughs> yeah. didn't read the history books. That's right, we didn't read the history books. Um, so, I mean, you both really touched on the um, student consultation and talking to students. And I guess, kind of with COVID... Um, Students were doing a hell of a lot less, so they had more time to respond to things, and maybe we got a little bit more responses than we normally would in the past. Because in, in, in every year, candidates always say, I want more student consultation, and every year, other than maybe this year, the vast majority of students say, we don't care. <laughs> um, so you get a small select group, uh, have their voices heard. How do we plan, or how do you plan, Michaela, to get more students to contribute their views? I think there's sort of two points to that. I think, like you said, COVID-19 brought more involvement from students. Mm. I think we'll see that next year as well. I think students actually care about these situations. And next year there's going to be a lot of reviews into the way that the university is looking at learning, yeah. at how they support students. And I think students can understand how important that is. So it's actually getting to the point where we're getting to the big issues, where I think previously students don't haven't seen the severity of, of some things or it's, you know, they've got other things to deal with, so why would they care about this one little survey? Yeah. Um, so I think the stakes are high, so I think students will turn out. But also alongside that is just actually providing those channels for students to give feedback. I think OUSA, you know, we have our survey, we have our referendum. They happen all the time. Students don't really care about it, and it's not really explained. Whereas if you have specific ways, like having more polls on Facebook, Critic did that. It was something that helped us a lot in making our decisions. Mm. Having more surveys for students to input in. Not every 20 is going to input, and I don't think we'd ever see that. It would be great if we could. But getting a sizable chunk of that, you know, 3,000, 4,000, is a really good indicator. Yeah. I mean, you look at political polling, I think 3,000 students out of 20,000 is a pretty good indicator compared to whatever they do for Colmar Brunton. Uh, that's 600 uh, mobiles and 400 landlines. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think the lack of landlines is really hurting Winston Peters. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, you say that, but there's only, you know, there's four uh, unopposed positions, so uh, I'm interested with that one too, if, uh, if there's... <laughs> Anyway, yeah, uh, what about you, um, Sammy? How, how do you think that's gone this year in terms of, um, you know, student consultation and how do you plan to improve it? Um, I think 
any sort of consultation, any sort of engagement that you can have with the student base is good. I say if we've had an increase this year because of COVID and because of people being at home, that's only a good thing. The mm-hmm. more people who engage with it, the more who see what IUSA do is a good thing. Um, I think points of contact are a really, really good way of getting the word across. Um, things like when we were having the debate the other day, they had the barbecue like they do every other Wednesday. Yep. It's a really good way of OUSA fronting something, students come to it. It's been focused around getting people to vote, of course, at the moment, and that's really good. But in get little, little points of contact like that, I think, are really important, and we can increase those. Yeah, but, I mean, that's, you know, that's the carrot and the stick. You know, we're giving them something to get something out of them. We, how do we get them passionate about student politics and the stuff that's going on around them? There has to be a trade-off between things that are engaging lots of students, I suppose. You don't just want to do something specifically targeted at a specific yeah. group because then that defeats the purpose. And what shape those projects take, who knows, because it's different depending on what we're talking about. But I think people are only going to be as engaged as they want to be. And I think every little victory that we get of engagement, of consultation, is a win. Because if you're going to start setting numbers and what, then you just get disappointed. Yeah, but oh yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, SGMs. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'll sign my, my life away for four dumplings and a hash brown. Um, right. Um, COVID, of course, has had a massive impact on the student body uh, and OUSA's bottom line. Um, Unfortunately, because of the closing of co- because of COVID, we've seen Starters Bar really struggle, and, and as well as other areas of OUSA. How do we stop the bleed? Um, we, you know, do do we just keep on ploughing through? Do we lobby for more money? Do we find other areas? Do we, you know, do we lobby the government more? What do we do, Michaela? It's actually a bit of a mixture of all of those. I mean. Um one thing that I think we did really well this year in bringing our deficit down as much as we did mm-hmm. was by making cuts in areas where, not only just to them, but we made a lot of cuts to the executive ourselves. I think some executive members in, previ- in previous years, you can see it, indulge a little too much in, you know, in our travel and in mm-hmm. that. So it's being you're, prudent on our end. politicians. I know, <laughs> and it's... It's not something that I was ever raised on. You know, my parents would find the cheapest option to send me. They'd get chucked on the bus from Blenheim to here. And trust me, a nine-hour bus ride is not good, but it's cheap. It's worth it. I've done it all. Um, And there's, you know, planning ahead, there's ways to actually, you know, save money if you actually think about it. And I think maybe coming from a a poor household of seven children might help me be a bit frugal with OUSA's money because that's what I lived with. Yeah, 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 Um, yeah. But also alongside of that, there are plenty of government funds that we can tap into that have been open specifically in the area of supporting students in tertiary education. Mm -hmm. The one thing we have to do about that is put our best case forward because we're fighting that money with every other tertiary institution as well. So we have to show that we are the ones in most need, that our students are in need. You know, every I want to make sure that every other tertiary institution gets it as well. Yes, of course. We need a, a good chunk of that pie and um I think I have the knowledge from this year to understand how our our services work, how to best present them to the government to be able to show them this is why we need it. Because our support services, you know, many of our services don't just support us, they support other universities as well. Yes. We've got Planet Media that sorts out sales for plenty of other towns. Yeah. Our events team helps out with ORI across the country. Yeah. We're quite a centralised student union that supports other student unions, and if we don't do well, 
other student unions aren't going to do well either. But therein lies a problem though, right? Because we are doing better than other student uni- mm. unions. We're probably not going to get a slice of the pie as mm. big as the other ones. But, mm. You know, because we get a lot more support from the powers that be in mm. terms of funds, and mm. we do, um, that is going to probably make us look like we don't need the funds as much as the other unions would. And that's why you just need someone with a really good argument. You know, I do a law degree. I know how to negotiate. I know how to argue. I know how to spin a yarn to someone to convince them, you know, to believe me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I think it generally just comes out down to, yes, we get a big chunk already. Yeah. But when you look at the output, so much of our money is going into our services that don't provide profit. And that's a big ethos of us is, is making profit so that we can spend it for student services. Yes. But we're spending in so many areas right now to develop for the future that next year we're sitting in a bit of a limbo period and I think we can explain that really well not only to the university but also to the incoming vice-chancellor who, you know, our money is at their whim and whatever their opinion is on OUSA, that'll depend on how much money we get, Mm. if any. Mm. Um, So I think it just comes down to the fact that I can, you know, I've worked in their services this year, I know how important they are, I can, you know explain that incredibly well yeah and i think i genuinely think that's what it comes down to and that's the worrying thing next year is it is in that limbo period but i genuinely believe that i'm the best person to be able to present those opinions to these people who can save us or you know send us to the (laughs) you know pages of history yeah um Gee, um, finally, yeah, you finally said something about voting for you. I, for a minute there, I thought we were just having a general chat between the three of us. All right, I, I, put the, I put the same to you, Sammy. Um, you know, w- what do we do in terms of stemming the, the, the loss of cash? I mean, do, do we look at making cuts to services or are all services at USA now core services and we look at getting funds elsewhere? I think it's obvious that next year is going to be tight for money. It's not going to at any point be about making money, and if it is, well then... It shouldn't be about making money. It would be extremely unexpected, and especially considering post-COVID. I think it needs to be a mentality change, I suppose. Instead of what more can we do, it's going to change to what can we save, because ultimately whenever there's been money cuts at the university, they come for a student service, whether it's a department, whether mm. it's staff, whether it's a service, who knows. Um, I've sort of been here for so long, and especially through the humanities department, that I've seen so much get lost. I've mm-hmm. seen so... I was back in I Love Humanities 2016, and ever since then it's just sort of been disappointment. And whether it's a support services review as well, um, same sort of thing. So for me, it's really, really important to save services. I... What, obviously, when it comes to financial side of things, there will be some tough discussions next year. I'm fully aware of that, um, but I'm more than happy to do them in a s- similar vein. I've done economic management for the last six years through uni. I've managed restaurants. I've had to deal with budgets and staff before, and I think I'm looking forward to that challenge. Mm-hmm, it mm-hmm. should be something fun, and I think we can do it. Um, we've seen the university care more about reputation than student welfare, um, especially when it comes to survivors of sexual assault. Um, OUSA still doesn't have a sexual misconduct policy in the year of 2020. Um, we have a version, uh, and it hasn't it's yet to be ratified, even with its first ratification. Um, will this be a top priority for you, Michaela? 
well, it will be ratified by the end of this year. So um, next year, what I look to do with that ratified version is implement it into a clubs and societies handbook that we can give to executive members so that we can actually provide material for them so that they can understand what policies they have, what (coughs) obligations they have. Because Mm -hmm. I've seen so many clubs do things without realising they're breaking rules and then getting caught up and having to deal with that. And it's really upsetting, you know, in the legal world... Ignorance isn't isn't an excuse, but I think it's really different here, where it's genuinely just people, you know, trying to have fun. Sexual misconduct different, but other mm. situations where you know you, they take the van and they do something stupid and then they get pulled up on it. Oh, so that so, was some week. things like that, um, where they don't quite realise what they've done and yeah. what the ramifications will be. And yeah. I think when clubs understand understand the ramifications more and their club members can understand their obligations, then attitudes and and behaviours will be better because they'll understand what will happen to them if they do that which is what they don't understand at the moment is that there are consequences to their actions that we can you know put on them um and then alongside that it would outline the processes of how we go about our sexual misconduct complaints yeah you know the support you know abc who you go to what happens what will happen um, which isn't outlined in the policy because it's a policy and you have to make it a bit short and all that, but I want to provide more material so that people can understand it better so that it can be more than a policy, it can actually be effective. Yeah. So you're promising it's going to be ratified by the end of the year? Yeah. It, yes, it will be. Yeah. I think it's like a month away. Okay, cool. Cool, because I thought it was still on version one and you might have had to re No, it's in its final draft getting student consultation at the moment. Then we're implementing that student consultation. Sending that out again to those people who sent consultation to make sure that they don't have more consultation stuff to add. And Mm -hmm. then if that's all good, it'll be in so I think probably a month, month and a half at the latest. Um, All right. Well, we know that's happening now then. So, Sammy, how do we make the university more accountable for trying to shove shit under the rugs like we have seen with survivors of sexual assault? When it comes to transparency, I suppose anything about what's happened, about what's going on behind the scenes, I think for a very long time there has been a culture of that, of just dealing with it behind the scenes because for for various reasons, I mean you could list a bunch of reasons as to why but that's not the point. I think when it comes to accountability, we've learnt again this year that if if there are hindrances in communicating with particular parts of the university because of COVID, they made it more difficult. They made it harder for us to contact them and that's not that's not on us, that's just a case of what happened. I think now we have an opportunity to learn with the new VC coming in, we've got opportunities to put more representation onto those student boards if if mm. we can. And I think the more the more student voice we get across, the obviously more impactful we get. Um, I know I am loud and I am boisterous and I am aggressive when need no not really Um, I'm just I'm very passionate about what I do and I'm very passionate about something and if I don't believe that it's right and if I don't believe it represents the students then I feel sorry for whoever's on the other side of my tyrannous rampage (laughs) (laughs) Um, you brought up student and you know um Student representation in the cock tower. Mm. It's um, been a problem for quite some time. Quite some time. Uh, and every year there's talk about, you know, trying, because that's all you can do, mm. is uh, trying to get more student voices heard in the clock tower, more people sitting on boards. 
Um, do you have, uh, do e- either of you have a rock solid plan of, of how to get that um, with the new VC coming in? Uh, you know, is it a matter of buttering them up? How, how, do we, how do we get our voices heard more in the clock tower? Funny you should mention that because it's a policy that I'm running on as like my key yes. my key thing. Yes. If you if yes, you follow my right. Facebook event, you'll see that I'm releasing I, a policy a day. I have and yeah. I do. And Sammy, <laughs> you're lagging. I am, I am. Get your game going. Um, but um, my main plan is because there is a mass amount of lack of student representation. There's sort of two aspects to that that involve two different parties. So mm-hmm. getting more OUSA executive on, on more committees, because OUSA sits on a lot of university committees. That's how we do the brunt of our student advocacy, because mm-hmm. that's you know where we can actually shape decisions being made, not just be consulted after the decision's been made, yes. like stuff like marine sciences and all that sort of stuff that happens. Yes. Um, so getting more people on those things, I know there's definitely some committees we should be on, like the Accessibility Committee, which for some reason the Welfare and Equity Rep isn't on at the university, if you're listening. any sense. Um, and the second point to that is university councils specifically. I want to lobby uni- the university to support us in lobbying government mm. to make an amendment to the Education Act oh. because that's what stipulates how many members can be on university yes. committee, who can sit on it. Currently there's only one student rep legislated in that. Yep. It used to be up to three. We used to have two OUSA executive members on it until the 2015 Education Amendment Act mm-hmm. and I want it to go back to up to three or more. I'll see what I can get, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We want as much as possible, but yes. my my minimum would be three, which would be for the OUSA um, president, the tr- the tr- the of Trupu Māori, yeah. and the president of University of Otago Pacific Island Students Association. Mm-hmm. So then we have more diversity and more student representation. Yeah, I think that's particularly important as we're coming into this sort of. Uh, space of affirmative action being re-looked at and although I'm happy the university is looking at finally fighting those lawsuits rather than just rolling over yes. um, I don't think this is the last we'll see of affirmative action trying to be culled and that just comes back to institutional racism and people not being uh, happy with equitable solutions Very good, very good um, Sammy? <laughs> well, I mean obviously I'm just going to be pretty blunt on this one by not being on the exec do I have a direct do I have a direct mm. influence inside these no but I, as I have said already I don't maintain that a lack of exec experience and my lack of specific knowledge about the specific um, boards etc should hinder me however I am of the, as I've sort of already brushed on when it comes to these sorts of things you can't always get what you want if you set out a target sometimes you can be disappointed for me, victories are if you can get even just we'll say if one more person is on that board, we've doubled on the Senate, for example, we've already doubled representation of students. Um, I have that sort of mentality about lots of things. It's not always about yes, we smashed it out of the park, we got a thousand people to do this and that. Sometimes it is literally just about we got we got one person involved and they loved it and it was awesome um, obviously in terms of sitting on boards I don't know how many people would rave about their time of listening through meetings but I know I like them mm-hmm. and I know some people do and as long as we can get those kinds of people involved in it um, do I have a rock solid plan? I'd argue no because I think in a new year with a new VC there could be different approaches that need to be taken because senior management will reshape as well 
Okay. Right. Um, we'll get down to it now. Uh, one last question for you both. Why? Why shouldn't we vote for Sammy and Michaela? <laughs> um. Uh, I'm offering equity ramp to being mean is really in my nature. Um, but I guess what I've been saying to that question, which has been asked a few times now, and I grimace every time, yeah, of course, uh, is that I have experience on this year's executive. I understand OUSA. I understand the university. I've created working relationships within the university, within government, so that I can work on the goals that I've set in this um, campaign and hit the ground running from day one and not have to spend, you know, two, three months understanding, learning the ropes. Um, and I'm a very passionate individual. I think being in the role of welfare and equity and then transitioning to president is incredibly important for next year's students. I've seen what happens in student health. I've seen how student support works. I've mm-hmm. seen those specific, you know, well-being spaces I understand where they need change and that's very specific to my role this year that no other executive member understands, not even really the president this year. So I think that will be incredibly important for next year, looking at improving support staff in halls, looking at improving the way that student health runs, looking at making it more equitable in terms of what you pay versus what you get. Those sorts of things is what I want to achieve for you. And I think that comes from my experience and my passion and my goal to provide more equity and just, uh, you know, a more brown face for OUSA to have, which hasn't happened in a while. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sammy? And in a, I suppose, different note of uh, completely, um, I've been here for six years now. I've completed my postgraduate here. This is the second university I've attended in New Zealand. I went to Massey for a couple of years as well. Um, I lived overseas for a couple of years and lived in university cities over there. Um, one thing that has been central to me is education. I have been involved in course creation, teaching, administration through the university. I've been a tutor for three years. And I think a lot of the educational side of things, I do have a lot more understanding. I've got connections inside the university already. And I'm really, really passionate about making sure student experiences of education are as good as they can be. As part of that, that includes social and financial security. I think they're both really important, that we can foster community connections, that we can foster ways that people can engage with OUSA and others. And on a financial side, I would like to see more lobbying for a postgrad student allowance. I've been through postgrad, and I know if there's one thing that's universally sort of slated amongst us, it's that we feel that postgraduate students get shafted. I know that I'm not alone in that, and I think that I can be a voice because previous a uh, voice on OUSA for that because previously we haven't had too many postgraduate students. Historically, people finish their undergrad, go into OUSA, and then go into postgrad because mm-hmm. they find passion in something. Um, I've already done that bit, and I think, dare I say it, I've graduated the university as a student, and now I'm prepared to come back as a representative. All right. Well, we'll leave it there. Thank you both for coming in this morning. Thank uh, you very much. Thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure. I hope you both have a wonderful day and a wonderful race. Sammy, get on Facebook, <laughs> write some stuff. Michaela's <laughs> is looking real good. Uh, but thank you for both coming in this morning. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, have yourself a wonderful day. Good luck to you both as well. Uh, and uh, we'll see one of you on the other side of the OUSA elections. Get out there, people, and vote when that starts, which is very soon next week. Um, Thanks for listening to Radio 191 FM podcast. All of our content lives online at r1.co.nz.